Chapter Twenty Eight of the Old Tobacco Shop. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nancy Cochran Gergen, Gilbert, Arizona. The Old Tobacco Shop by William Bowen. Chapter Twenty Eight. The Old Tobacco Shop. The next morning, when Freddie awoke, his mother and father were standing over his bed. I think he had better not go there any more, his father was saying. Oh, I don't think it will do him any harm now, said his mother. It all comes of his staying away so long, said his father. I always told him to hurry back, and just see how long he stayed this time. If he can't come back in less than six months, or six years, or heaven knows how long, he'd better not go at all. Oh, said his mother, I'm sure he'll come back promptly after this. I couldn't, said Freddy. It took such a long time to get to the island, and there was all the trouble with the pirates, and it was a terrible long journey before we got to the palace, and of course we couldn't run away from the queen after we'd gone all that long way with her, and the queen's children didn't want me to go anyway, and there wasn't any way to get back, except for finding out how to get to the top of the tower, and maybe I wouldn't have got back at all if I hadn't met the old man of the mountain and got sick and cured again by Mr. Punch's father, and I might have got drowned when the ship disappeared, or I might have had my head cut off by the pirates, and then you wouldn't have seen me any more, and you'd have been sorry. His father looked at his mother and nodded his head. He'd better stay in bed today, said he. We won't talk to him about it until tomorrow. Yes, said his mother, that will be much better. Poor little Freddy! Freddy did not know why he should be called poor, but he was still tired from the adventurous life he had recently lived, and he was very glad to remain in bed all day. The next morning, after his father had said good-bye for the day, his mother allowed him to get up, and a little later to go out into the sunshine. He strolled down the street, enjoying the familiar sights after his long absence. He found his legs a little weak. He must have been very ill indeed at the king's palace and he could not expect to get over it in one day. He crossed the streetcar track, and on the pavement before the church he saw a well-known figure. The church warden was sitting in his chair, tilted back against the wall, smoking a long pipe and reading a newspaper. As Freddy approached, he put down his paper and looked at him over his spectacles. "'Good morning,' said he. "'I'm glad to see you back again. I hear you've been away.' and he winked his eye at Freddy in a very knowing manner. "'Yes, sir,' said Freddy. "'I guess I must have been pretty sick.' "'No doubt about it, my son. But, of course, I knew all the time you'd pull through.' Freddy did not believe it for a moment. Obviously the church warden was bragging. "'The street looks pretty good,' said Freddy, after being away so long. "'Would you rather sit here on the pavement than do anything else?' "'I believe you, son.' I'd rather sit here on a sunny day with a pipe and a newspaper than have all the treasure of the Incas. Freda was glad to hear that the church warden did not regret the loss of his share of the treasure, though whether Captain Lingo belonged to the Incas he did not know. I don't care anything about the treasure myself, said he. I'm too glad to be well again and back in our own street. I'm glad I'm here myself, son, and if you happen to see Toby Little back this morning— "'Tell him I'm alive and resting well, considering.' "'Yes, sir,' said Freddy, and continued his stroll. 
the old tobacco-shop, when he arrived, looked as it had looked on the fateful day when he had last seen it. He paused before the door, and gazed at Mr. Punch. He half expected the little man to step down and shake hands with him, but Mr. Punch did not move a muscle. He did not even look at Freddy. He held out in one hand a packet of black cigars, and his wooden face, if it expressed anything at all, showed the great calm he must have felt when he got back to his little perch. Freddy looked up at the clock in the tower, with some thought that the hands might be together. But it was a quarter past ten, and anyway Mr. Punch's father was probably by this time far away in some other of his storerooms about the world. Freddy entered the shop. Mr. Toby was behind the counter, opening a package of tobacco. "'Aha, young feller!' he cried. "'Back again, sure enough. Blamed if it don't seem as if you'd been away from here for a year. And a mighty sick chap you were, that's a fact. I reckon we all thought you were going to die, maybe. By cracky, I never seen anyone so pale in my life. Are you all right now?' "'Yes, sir,' said Freddy. "'And I'm glad to be back.' "'Are you glad to be here in the shop, the same as ever?' "'Me? You bet I am. "'You couldn't buy me to leave this shop, "'not if you offered me all the money that Captain Kidd ever buried. "'No, sir. "'And look here, young man. "'I reckon you ain't surprised to see that the Chinaman's head is gone, eh?' Freddy looked at the shelf behind Toby, "'and sure enough, the Chinaman's head was gone. "'He knew, of course, that it was lying at the bottom of the ocean.' I kind of lost it one day, said Toby, winking his eye. Mislaid it, you know, or lost it, one or the other, I don't know which. But, anyway, I reckon it won't never be found. It's gone. I hope you don't mind it now, do you? No, sir, said Freddy. He was glad to know that Mr. Toby was not still feeling disturbed, because he had left it on board the sieve. All right, then, said Toby. You'd better go in and see Aunt Amanda. Freddy opened the door at the rear of the shop and went into the back room. Aunt Amanda was sitting by the table, sewing. On the table were the wax flowers in the album and the double glasses through which she looked at the twin pictures. The room was just as if they had never left it. "'Is you all right?' said Aunt Amanda, taking a handful of pins from her mouth. "'Bless your dear little heart. I'm glad you're back again. Are you well? Sit down on the hassock.' Freddy took his customary place on the hassock at her feet. He looked up at her and wondered if she were sorry she had been a queen once, and was a queen no more. "'Yes'm,' said he. "'I'm all well now.' "'And glad to be back here in the shop again?' "'Yes'm. I certainly am.' "'Ah, yes,' said Aunt Amanda. "'There's no place like the old tobacco shop, after all. "'I wouldn't exchange it for a palace if you'd give it to me.' "'Wouldn't you?' said Freddy, a little surprised at this. "'I should say not. I wouldn't be myself in a palace. I'm pretty well satisfied here.' "'But what about the children?' said Freddy. "'The children?' asked Aunt Amanda. "'Yes, Robert and Jenny and James. You know.' Aunt Amanda looked at him for a moment, and then nodded her head and sighed. "'Yes,' she said. You know about them, don't you? I forgot that you knew. Yes, I miss them a good deal, and I suppose I even cry sometimes because I haven't got them. But I love to think about them. 
I'm happy thinking about them, even if I can't have them. James was the littlest, said Freddy. Yes, said Aunt Amanda, nodding her head to herself as if at a gentle memory. He was too little to go out much with the others, said Freddy. Yes, said Aunt Amanda, he was too little. And Jenny, said Freddy, she wouldn't go with Robert the day he ran away. He wanted her to, but she wouldn't. No, said Aunt Amanda, she wouldn't. He was gone all day, said Freddy. Yes, said Aunt Amanda, he was gone all day, and he didn't get back until after dark. I didn't know where he was. When he got back, it was dark, and he was muddy all over. I was terribly worried. End of chapter 28 Recording by Nancy Cochran Gergen, Gilbert, Arizona End of the Old Tobacco Shop by William Bowen